Hello, everyone. Welcome to Free Reverie, hosted by your one and only Jujubee. If you haven't noticed, that's me. This is a podcast talking about anything and everything. Make sure to follow me on my social media, Snapchat, JBSU, Instagram, JBSU18, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Now let's get talking. Symphony. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Free Reverie. Uh, I am your host, Juju B, and we have another guest who happens to be a musician. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi Juju, this is Bill Abernathy. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's really quite an honor, and uh, I'm no looking problem. forward to a discussion this, tonight. I'm, I'm pretty much honored to have you. Um, because I'm just an amateur podcaster, <laughs> so um, I'm still trying to get used to all this, so um, I'm pretty much honored to have you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, and well, I mean, obviously I, I explained that you're a musician, so <laughs> uh, tell us why you got into music or how you got into music. Yeah, so when I was young uh, and when I was a kid, my family was very musical. I had a brother that was really into music. I had a sister that was really into music. And uh, I was the, the baby of the family, if you would. Uh-huh. Uh, my sister is 11 years older than me, and my brother was nine. So I always considered myself to be kind of a good Friday night for my parents. But uh, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> you ha- If you have to say that was a joke... <laughs> Then I already missed it to begin with. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, but there was always music around, and uh, my brother was kind of into the folk music scene. You know, that was prevalent in the in the '60s and the '70s, and he would have he would have these people come over and and his friends come over, and they'd have these jam sessions and stuff. And uh, you know, I'd listen to him and watch him, and got me pretty interested in music. And then it just kind of evolved from there. So, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that. Uh, you know, I got away from it for a while, and that's that's the case. Uh, I did a pretty, uh, did quite a bit of music stuff until I was about 20 or so. That I had a bit of a problem, a uh, physical problem with my voice, and set it down for a longest time. And mm-hmm. did a business career, and you know, a family, and raised my kids, and all that. And then when uh, when they got uh, out of school, I, I kind of picked it back up. Um, and you know, I, I had written several songs over the course of that period. So when uh, when the time was right and I had the time, uh, I sat down and, and made the first album, and, and now we're on album three. So that's kind of the story. That's very impressive. So uh, for all those that don't know who, who you are, uh, what genre of music is like something that you're playing? Like what genre of music are you? Well, again, that depends on what radio station is playing it. Uh, a lot of people will call what I do Americana. Okay. And the, re- the reason being is that it's not really country, it's not really bluegrass, it's not really jazz, it's not really rock, it's not really folk, uh, though I have songs that chart on all of those different genres uh, on their charts. So <clears throat> I think it's an easy way to say he plays about everything, just to uh-huh. be honest. 
Julia. Okay, all right, because, yeah, I was kind of reading your bio, and I was kind of confused, because, like you said, it, it just determines on where it's played. So, because I thought it was just traditional folk, but as I was listening to your music, I was like, this doesn't necessarily sound... So, I, I'm glad you really explained that for me, personally, because your music does kind of cover every genre that's more towards like the country um aspect so it's not necessarily just country because country there's so many different subgroups so um yeah yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's interesting you know how people classify you know what we do so yeah. uh, you know for example um uh, my my second album find a way won a rock award for the year okay. uh, is a rock album and there was one song off of that that was the number one folk song in the nation so congratulations you know, oh, thank you <laughs> i have it's, to say that of, yeah who knows right who right. knows people are going to classify things you know but uh, i don't really care you know what box they put me in i just hope that uh, you know people listen and, and they enjoy what they hear so. okay great so if you had to compare yourself to any other band out there who would you compare yourself to Wow, tough question. Yeah. Tough well, question. I try to do that to every yeah. um, musician that I, I interview, but I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't. Like I said, your music is just different. There's different styles, and I couldn't place anything towards anybody. So I didn't know if you compared yourself to somebody. Well, I, I have artists that that I consider to have huge influences on me, right? Right. So you know, I mean, you look at some of the some of the classic what I call, you know, country rock or folk rock bands like the Eagles and Jackson Brown, Dan Fogelberg. I'm a huge Dan Fogelberg fan. <laughs> Crosby Stills and Nash, you know, and in, in today's genre, you know, you get some guys like uh like John Mayer, for example. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I did hear a little Yeah, John Mayer's a little bit hard to classify as well. So I, all those folks had have impact on me and, and you know, because I kinda write my own music Mm-hmm. It just depends on on uh, the story of the song and what the song's really going to tell, uh, what the song's really about, on on what music is best going to patch match the story. So, uh, you know, I mean, on uh, on the new album, Crossing Willow Creek, um, there's some blues on there. There's a little bit of jazz thrown in there. Uh, you know, some from what I would call pure country rock. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, some really pretty, you know, all acoustic-y love songs. Um, you know, our cry wolf song is a bit of a social statement kind of country rock song. So, you know, it's a, there's a, there's a wide variety of different music on there, uh, because, you know, that when I write a song, it's all about the story for me, you know, what the song is about. And, uh, I'm a big lyric guy. And so if, if the lyric, uh, screams out to me that says, you know, Bill, this is kind of a rock feel. This, this song's, you know, a rock song. Like I, I wrote a song one time called walk away. And it was kind of angry, you know, there was some angst into that song. And so we, we recorded that in kind of a rock feel, you know. Right. Um, I, I felt like some of the songs um, with the piano felt more like Elton John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that has a lot to do with the guy that was playing the piano. So I, I am very fortunate <laughs> that I am very fortunate that I get to record and play with some really, really talented folks and and uh, you know it's fun for me when we're when we're in the studio and we're working on stuff just to watch them play, and uh, you know see the kind of ideas and, and things that they come up with for my songs. It's uh, it's really cool. Right. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, I um, 
as I was listening, I did interview uh, another country artist not too long ago, and his, his one of his songs actually says "Country is not country anymore." And um, he, what it, he's meaning is like the country that's played and stuff nowadays doesn't have a whole lot of heart or anything like that. It's just mainly for like the beat because it's more towards a, like a pop genre than anything. And mm -hmm. so his music sounds more like Johnny Cash yeah, and, and stuff like that. So, um, so I, I couldn't pinpoint any Johnny Cash feel in your music, the, the samples that your manager had given me at least. Yeah. And, uh, but there was, like you said, there was just so much, uh, a mix of jazz. Stuff. And I, I love that. I love that you're, um, collaborating with other genres because that makes it a lot easier for people. I feel, I feel because uh, a lot of people don't necessarily want to listen to just one genre of music. They, they, <laughs> uh, personally for me, I like listening to all kinds. But if you mix it all into one song, like you're doing, it's, it's really nice to hear something different. And so I, I actually really enjoyed your music. No, well, uh, thank you. I, I think if you listen to the uh, the Crossing Willow Creek album, start to finish, there's eleven tunes. Yeah. Uh, and each one of them is a bit different, right? So um, oftentimes when uh, when somebody, you know, cranks and puts out an album, you know, you can really tell, you know, what their style is. And it's very consistent, you know, across the entire album, almost to the point where it all kind of sounds alike, you know, uh -huh. very similar. Um, that is one thing that I avoid with like the plague. Uh, I like to make things different. And, and um, again, you know, I, I think that the music itself is really just there to accentuate the story, the lyric of the song. And so, you know, it's it, it makes it fun, you know, to, to play around with different sounds and different feels and, you know, different voicings and that kind of thing in the music so that you can really use the music to accentuate the story of the song and to accentuate, you know, the, the hook, right? The, right. The thing in the song that everybody's going to hopefully remember. So it makes it fun. Yeah. Right, right. So I um, I was trying to prepare for the podcast by listening to your music, of course. So I was listening to it in my car. And, of course, I had my son in the back. And there were certain songs he wasn't dancing to. Um, but then when White Knight came on, yeah. he, just, he just was in the back shaking it in his car seat and i was like are you liking this song and he's just giggling i was like okay because i'm feeling you <laughs> i was like i like this too and then we're just having blast and i was like mommy has to keep her eyes on the road though i can't keep looking <laughs> at you <laughs> yeah white nights it's a fun song and to be honest with you it was uh it was the song when we were recording it in the studio that I really just turned the musicians loose. I said, let's just have fun, you know, and, uh, you know, all the way from the keyboards and the B3s to the electric guitar to the saxophones to the really cool bass lines that are in the back. Um, uh, it's just fun. You know, it was a fun song for us to do. And, and to be to be honest with you, we were having so much fun with it. We had a hard time trying to figure out when the song ended and, and just, <laughs> when we had just rolled into a jam, you know, so it was fun. I mean, I could tell, though, because I, I love the beginning of it because it's not just here's the words, you know, it's it's you're like, OK, all right. And then it gets a little bit more. And I, was, I actually really enjoyed that song. That was probably one of my favorites um, out of the entire thing. And um, that he sent me Whiskey Road was really good. And I liked uh, Cry Wolf. I really yeah. did. 
Um, those were, <laughs> honestly, I only was able to hear like three or four songs before my son was like crying. And so I was like, okay, maybe we, we could turn this off. Maybe. <laughs> and then I did. And then he was like wanting to play hide and seek for some reason in the car. I was like, there's no way to do this, but okay. We'll do it. I was like, so where's Parker? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you said that, uh, you know, he started crying. My music has that effect on people sometimes. <laughs> well, it just happened to be Cry Wolf as he was. <laughs> uh, uh, Cry Wolf. Cry Wolf is a fun song. It's an interesting story behind that tune, actually. So I was uh, uh, I was out fooling around playing ball with my grandsons and tore my Achilles tendon, which is not a good thing to do. No, it's not. So uh, I had to go have this surgery, you know, and then you come home and they give you a bunch of drugs. And uh, you're sitting around, and it was interesting to me that I couldn't put ice on it, but I had to keep my toes above my nose. And uh, so I'm sitting in this really uncomfortable position, and I didn't have anything to do. And, you know, of course, you're uncomfortable, and, you're, you know, things are hurting, and you've taken these pain pills. And, you know, I got to watching the news and then watching social media, and I thought, really, how many times are we going to say the same thing over and over and over again? Man, nobody's listening. It is like the boy who cried wolf and um, that's really how that song came about fun song well that's unique that's a unique story i haven't heard that one yet i haven't heard anything like that but i like hearing like little things like that like um inspiration came from just a conversation one day or um like said the guy that i um interviewed the other day he said there's a song called 1953 and it isn't about the year it was about this guitar that his dad and he had shared when he was a kid that was, um, it was a 1953 guitar. And so I was like, okay. So, I mean, it was just different, the the stories. I love hearing the stories of how each song came about. Because it's not just, oh, I crammed it within like a couple hours or whatever. So how long does it take for you to create a song? Depends. Um, So the Cry Wolf song, uh, probably finished that one in a couple of days, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a song, there's a song on uh, Crossing Willow Creek that I actually started writing when I was a senior in high school, and I finished it five years ago. So I won't tell you how many years is that, but let's just <laughs> right? okay. Uh, yeah. So it depends on the song, you know. I think that uh, you know I'm an inspiration guy. You know, I, I have to uh, have some reason. Uh, to sit down and and write down a story or write a song. And uh, so, you know, things that happen, things that happen. You know, it's interesting that you talk about the song about the guitar. So there's a there's a tune on uh, actually the one that I was winching, the one that took forever. Right. Uh, that that it's it's a love song. Right. It's, it's about somebody that I knew back in the day. And they had written this little note in my yearbook that said, you know, if it's meant to be, it will be. And, I scribbled down a couple of lines, threw it in my yearbook, and went on about my way for the next 35 years or so. But there was actually someone who heard that and said, Bill, I think you're singing about your guitars. You missed your guitars because you guys are meant to be together. And I thought, well, that's a spin I've never really thought of. But sure, why not? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. um, I wouldn't even know where I would gain inspiration from because I I don't want – if I were to be a musician – I don't think I want to keep with the, oh, I'm going to sing about my son or about my, my, my childhood. I want it to be like something specific like that, like oh, a yearbook, you know, it was just written here and then it led to this and 
I don't know. I don't think I, I have any inspiration as to I'm not a writer, though, so. Uh. Yeah, but you, you're a communicator, right? And that, that's your background, right? You're a communicator. Yes. So effectively, what you're doing is you're talking and you're telling stories and you're exchanging information with people, right? Yeah. Which is no different than a song. Right. Well, my, my life is music to me. So there's so many things that happen and so many things I could turn into a song for sure. Um, but a lot of things have already been written and played and I, I just don't want to, I don't know for how creative I could get. I think it, it just depends. Right. So I, I have a song, um, that, that is called this. I know. And the interesting story behind that song is, is an old, old, old friend had uh, uh that lived out of state had written a poem right and right. and she had heard some of my music and stuff and she said i've got this poem bill i want you to to see if you could turn this into into a song you know and so i thought okay great so she sent it to me and i'm just here to tell you and i've told her this so i'm not afraid to say it it sucked it was terrible right it was a terrible poem the interesting thing was is she sent me a three-page story about why she wrote the, pro the, the poem, right? Uh -huh. And that story is what turned into that beauty. It's a beautiful song. Um, but uh, that story is what turned into that song called This I Know. So if you got, some, if you got a good idea or story, send it to me. Never, never tell what it may turn, out, turn into, right? Right, right. Um, and I, I like that. <laughs> like that. So, if anyone that's listening right now, if you guys have a, a great story, why not you guys could contact him and he could see what he could do with it, maybe, or it, it just might be something that he might enjoy reading. Uh, it's all he is for me. So it's the story. I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. And uh, you know, to me, it's the story. And and you know, what what's behind the story? What's the lesson of the story? What are you trying to convey? What's the point? Right. And uh, uh, sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. You know, I mean, I get sent stuff all the time, and a lot of times, you know, it's not something that that interests me enough, or, or that I feel you know engaged with enough to to do anything with. But sometimes it is, so it's fun. I mean, you mentioned the song Whiskey Road, right? Yeah. I'm not a, I am not a drinker, okay, uh, and I certainly don't drink whiskey. I will drink a beer. Whiskey's gross. <laughs> well, there's that, right? But uh, that song I co-wrote with an old buddy of mine who um, had a bit of a problem, right? He, he had, he had uh, had some rough turns in his life and had turned to whiskey, and he was telling me all about it. And he was a traveling salesman. He was on the road constantly. And um, he said, yeah, man, you know, a lot of times I don't even remember going from one place to the other because I didn't I wasn't driving down the highway. I was driving down the whiskey road. Well, boom. There, there goes you the go. Song. There There's you the go. <laughs> yeah. um, you were mentioning uh, uh, music and stuff, and uh, what just popped in my head is your guitar uh, is it tells a story, and um, I could describe it as the guitar is like this platform, and your fingers are the typewriter. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how creative that is, but that just popped in my head. Um, and so I'm just like, your guitar tells a story and you're just kind of, when you, when you sing, I guess you're just kind of, um, I guess like an audio book <laughs> comparison. Yeah. Like you're yeah. just, you're just kind of adding to it. Um, yeah. So I love instrumental songs where there's nothing said. Because there's some that just get me, some that just, 
um, they start really slow and then they might they might get fast or something like that and then it's the violins violins tend to make me cry and I don't know what it is about violins but when they're played a certain way they just tend to make me cry uh-huh. Uh-huh. same with guitars I, I think it's just certain notes when you, you play a certain way that's why I like slower songs because there's just some days I want to play one and I, it's I'm not saying anything but my mind's venting yeah through those notes yeah exactly i think guitars are uh i'm a fan of acoustic guitars i do have electric guitars uh but uh, i'm a fan of acoustic guitars yeah. but because I, I think just that very thing i think it's a they are a great instrument instrument to emote with right they're very expressive and uh you can do a lot of things you know and, and uh you know i've been pretty fortunate over the years to, to pick up a few tricks and, and licks along the way, you know, and so it, they're very expressive. I have uh, nine of them. Actually. Wow. Yeah. I have um, nine of them. Do you have but, any signed by uh, a famous musician that's your favorite, like anyone that you've gone and be like, hey, sign this? My guitar? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. They could sign an album, but they're, yeah, they're not going to, uh, no, not going to sign my guitar. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my I don't know if you had like a big uh, fan. No, I'm not that guy. But uh, <laughs> uh, folks, folks that know me know that there's a uh, uh, there's a story behind every one of my instruments, and they're all kind of special to me. Um, you know, the reason I have so many is because each one, it, they're a bit like people, right? They have their own personality, and uh, uh, yeah, they're pretty special to me. So no, I'm not going to let somebody ride on them with a marks a lot. That's not that's not right. <laughs> Right. Um, I was just uh, saying, you know, there's some people out there that if, you know, Johnny Cash was still around and that was their favorite artist, they just want something to remember. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it's cool. And, and a lot of people like that. And that's that's great. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying yeah. that it's yeah, definitely. I, and I get it. I completely get it. So um, yeah. is there anyone that you want to see in person and have an autograph of? <laughs> uh, well, the, you know, the folks that read, you know, some of the press and interviews and all that stuff that I've done in the past, in the past will know that I am an absolutely huge Dan Fogelberg fan. Now, Dan's passed away. Uh, but, uh, you know, I learned how to play listening to his music. And, uh, if there were anybody that I could just sit down and have a discussion with, whether we played a lick of music or sang a note, I would just really like to sit down and have a talk with him because the way that, uh, he had a very interesting way of looking at different situations in life and then a really interesting way uh, on how to uh, take those experiences and, and have them evolve into lyrics. And it just, it's, I've always been fascinated with it. So that would, that would be the one guy. If, if somebody wanted to sign my guitar, I would probably go buy a new guitar yeah. so that sign it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, um, so have you seen anyone else like in concert? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I came up through the concert world, right? The concert scene. So my very first concert ever, uh, that I went to was a birthday gift for my brother. I think I was about 12 and I saw Loggins and Messina, right? Um, and, uh, it was interesting really because their band, uh, bus had broken down and so they, they played a pure acoustic set for three hours. Um, you know, and it was kind of in their heyday when they were really, really hot. Um, you know, and the, but I've seen 
you know, a, a, a myriad of different things. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a big, uh, uh, arena rock, right? Kansas, Boston, sticks, those guys from my, from my world, you know, from my era, uh, big, huge, you know, as a matter of fact, I took my whole family, um, to go see, including my grandsons, uh, to go see Foo Fighters this year. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, I love them. Uh, my son and I went to go see uh, John Mayer. You know, uh, we went to go see U2. You know, um, you know I, I think that those those are just great bands uh, with great music. And um, you know, I, I did get a chance opportunity to go see the Eagles uh, when they were on tour last year, and uh, just impressive, just. You know, just a great night of, of great musicians playing great songs. And um, it's not a bad way to spend an evening, just saying. Right, right. Um, a lot, my parents own a bar and restaurant, and a lot, um, like the Eagles, Hotel California, it's always played. Oh, yeah. Always yeah. played. And so right. it got irritating forever. I was like, guys, <laughs> I know it's one credit, but come on. <laughs> I was like, the next person who plays that, I'm skipping it. They're like, it's my money. And I was like, test me. <laughs> I was just like, test me. I mean, it was just, it got to the point, it got played like five times within three hours. Yeah, I, mean, like, I was laughing. There was somebody that had posted something on uh, social media the other day that, that said something along the lines of, when you turn on a classic rock station, how long till you hear Hotel California? And they're saying it's less than 30 minutes. So yeah, it's annoying yeah. after a while. I'm like, I... The band is great. There's other good songs. Quit playing the same one. Uh, it's just like with Johnny Cash. I'm like, I'm I'm over it. I'm completely over some of his songs. And I'm like, there's so many other good ones. My brother is a very old soul. My brother um, loves Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. He's growing his hair out like Bob Dylan. And he'll be 19 this year. Uh-huh. Um, he learned how to play guitar because of Johnny Cash. Yeah. He taught himself from YouTube videos, all types of stuff. And he's absolutely amazing. He, like I said, he's very old soul and he has his own record player. Mm -hmm. He has so many different types of records. Like you wouldn't think someone his age would have what he has. And what he does is he learns about that person um, that he's fascinated about and then he sees who he's collaborated with and he learns mm -hmm. about them like he's just he has to do it he, he, it's just like something that um, he's addicted to but yeah. Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan like he gets so excited over like a new record and stuff so one Christmas I did write and I got a record that was Johnny Cash that he never had and his eyes lit up and I was like did, I don't know if you already have it did I do okay and he goes Thank you. I mean, it was one of the times where, like, we were able to open one gift prior to actually Christmas Day, and he went, rushed right upstairs, grabbed his uh, record player, came downstairs, and he, we're playing it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, all right, good. I did good. Uh, you didn't say I did good, but I'm, I'm guessing I did good. <laughs> like, yeah, no, he great. loves it. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, you, you mentioned Bob Dylan, and, uh, you know, I've, I've got the corporate gig, you know, that I do. And uh, oftentimes I will use what I call a Dylan on people, right? So Bob Dylan is such a great lyricist, right? Yes. That a lot of times you can hear the song, and about 30 minutes later you'll go, oh, that's what he was saying. So a lot of times <laughs> it's 
world, right? As, as I'm talking and doing my presentations, I will, I will try to do what's called a Dylan so that I can get through my presentation and get my points made about 30 minutes later after I'm already gone. Everybody goes, huh, well, that's what he was talking about. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, uh, he just, my my brother is absolutely, like I said, I, I just, I don't know where he's going to go, but he's going to go somewhere if he keeps this up, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, because there's no other kid out there. And that, I mean, I, I'm not going to say there's no other kid. Maybe I backtrack. You, it's very rare to find a kid who is so fascinated by music like that. Like he will not listen to Metallica. He will not listen to Pink Floyd. I don't know why. Um, because I just, I don't think he wants to go out of his norm. Uh, I did get him a record of, um, Imagine Dragons and he does uh -huh. like them. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's a start. Yeah. That's a start. Well, Quality music for sure. Yeah, but I'm like, where's the Guns N' Roses? Where, <laughs> where is the Guns N' Roses? I was, I'm waiting for him to get a record like that because I have yet to listen to a record player play their songs. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. I got a call the other day, and and uh, uh, my daughter uh, and my ex-wife said we just got uh, tickets, free tickets in the in the uh, in the suite. To go see Justin Timberlake. And I said, congratulations. I'll be more than happy to babysit while you all go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've i never been to a concert. Um, well, I guess not saying never because band concerts don't count in high school. But um, I did go to a fun concert, I guess you could say. It was held at Ball State. And it was just like, oh, they're going to be here. I was like, okay. But I've never been to like a big venue or anything like that. So I have yet to go to one. And no, it's just we... like, ah, where am I going? What am I going to listen to for hours? Am I going to get hit? Am I going to, like you hear all these stories. <laughs> am I going to get trampled on? And they're like, Oh no, that's just, <laughs> if it's in a mosh pit, I was like, are there mosh pits every concert? Like I'm just, I question everything. Cause I want to prepare myself. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe it depends on who you go see. Uh, yeah, obviously. So, <laughs> if you're going to go see an acoustic guitar player dude, you know, sitting on a stage by himself, chances are they're not going to bust out a mosh pit. Just no. say. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was for just one guy? I'd be like, <laughs> that'd be insane. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> my son. My son also plays a bit of music around town, and, and uh, uh, I was at. He was just playing at this bar. And I went down just to hear him play and support, you know, and, and uh, here he is at, at, at acoustic guitar and him and he's up there playing. And the next thing I know, a bridal party comes in and they're all doing this line dancing thing while he's playing. And I thought, now, I'm not real sure too many acoustic guys have ever had a line dance go on <laughs> while they were on stage. So it was one of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. If you feel it, you feel it. Well, actually, what got him up was uh, uh, he does a, a version of uh, uh, I Like Big Butts and I Cannot Lie. And oh, they my just goodness. Oh, my goodness. That. No, it's interesting. They couldn't sit still for that. So there you go. Well, I think I would probably be joining them, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> That's a song that everyone knows, and it's just fun. <laughs> well, if you ever come to one of my shows, let me know you're there, and I'll play like four bars of it for you. How's that? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. I, I'll be front row and I'll make sure I record it. There you go. <laughs> okay. Make it quick because four bars don't last long. So <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> I think that'd be such a fun concert, though. Like I said, I just don't know what, where am I, like who I'm going to see and all that. So, but um, anyone that I'm interviewing, I just. Um, I plan to see everyone at one point if I, you know, if I don't have my son or if he gets a little bit older, we'll go together. Uh Um, Because one of the bands I did interview, they're actually stuck in Canada. Uh, They're trying to get their visas so that way they can travel to the U.S. Uh and tour and stuff. So I'm waiting for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, you don't just work with music. You do have another job. But other than these two things that you um, enjoy doing, if you didn't become a musician, what would you be doing right now? Well, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. So, okay. um, you know, both of my kids played. Uh, my daughter was a softball pitcher. My son was a baseball player. They played all the way through college, Division One, ride babies. My son played a bit of pro ball. So if uh, if I didn't have anything else to do, I enjoy going and, and uh, working with youth uh, to help them improve their skills in baseball and all that. And, and I always kind of thought that I would like being a coach, but uh, uh, that would probably be the one thing that I do. I, I enjoy going and watching my grandsons play. They're uh, almost 14 now, so they're almost to the point where they're playing real baseball. Yeah, and so that, that's a, it's fun for me. So I would, I would enjoy doing that. Yeah. Are any of them left-handed? Uh, they were not allowed to hit right-handed from the time they were born. Uh, and so uh, one of them throws right and hits left, and the other one is, is left-handed all the way. Yeah. Well, the one who's left-handed all the way could get a scholarship. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Just but... saying, in high school, um, there was someone who was left-handed, and he did get a scholarship. Yeah. Full, full yeah. ride because yeah. he was left-handed. I'm like, seriously? He for being left-handed and I'm over here having to get student loans. <laughs> it's Yeah, there's there's advantages in the game of baseball. I mean, I jokingly said that the the they're twins. My grandsons are twins. Oh, I'm a twin. They were never allowed to swing a bat right-handed because there is a huge advantage offensively to hitting left-handed. So that they were just taught how to hit left-handed right out of the right out of the womb. And um there's an advantage. So one of them is left-handed, and the other one hits left-handed. So. What's the advantage? Uh, shorter porch uh, in oh, right wow. field, right? And uh, most of the time, um, your, uh, you know, the right-handed pitchers to a left-handed batter is a good combination, and most pitchers are right-handed. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's basic. <laughs> like I said, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, I attempted uh, in my youth to play a little bit of football, and uh, I kind of had a pretty good arm and I had a pretty good head for the game, but the rest of my body was not playing around nicely. So <laughs> I ended up uh, having multiple knee surgeries and all kinds of problems. Oh, man. I, found, uh, I found that playing the guitar and singing uh, accomplished the same thing as far as being popular with the girls, and it didn't involve surgeries, and it didn't make you, you didn't get hurt doing it. So right. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could get hurt by the girls, but, you know, you can always move on. There's no scars. Well, that's just it, you know. So uh, <laughs> you might you might have a scar in your psyche or a scar in your heart, but they're not going to stitch up your leg. So, you know, <laughs> depends on what you want. Right, right. Um, so have you had a lot of interviews since you've um, 
with traveling and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I probably do three a week on an average, right? So the the uh, Crossing Willow Creek album has really taken off, and it's doing really, really well. Uh, Cry Wolf was the first single that uh, that we released, and and uh, it it did extremely well, you know, on about roughly 2,200 or so uh, radio stations across the world. So it did well, charted well. Um, now we've released our second single from the album, which is a tune called Changes. Uh, and you mentioned that uh, you like piano stuff and soft piano, okay. but then you like things that change and then uh, have a little bit more violence to them. That is the song Changes. Uh, so it, it starts off with a real pretty uh, piano thing and then mm-hmm. kind of kick it in the tail a little bit and rock it out a bit. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how it does uh, out there. I know that uh, so far uh, it's been out about four days now, and uh, so far it's gotten a lot of really positive response. So that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> and, you know, see all that happen and, you know, people enjoy what you do. So uh, it's fun for me. Yeah. So what is the funniest question you've ever been asked in an interview? To be honest with you, it, it, it happened, right? So I was doing this interview, and this guy, he was he was an interesting guy. You know, I had a kind of really different perspective. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, he asked me if I thought that Adam Lambert should be the new lead singer for Queen. Now, that said, <clears throat> that is a big <laughs> question. You know, I couldn't believe that I'm I'm uh, live on the radio talking to this guy, and for 15 minutes of the interview, we discussed Adam Adam Lambert singing with Queen. That was unique. That was unique. Yeah, I mean, but I could see it though. Adam Lambert's very talented. No, yeah, I'm I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying that you it's know, odd. <laughs> I'm a guitar dude, man. I mean, really. But uh, no, it, that was fun. Um, I mean, I've had some doozies over the years, right? So it's always interesting. It's why, uh, you know, when I sat down to talk with you, you know, I look forward to the strange questions, you know, I mean, yeah. we could, all, we could all t- answer the same questions over and over and over again, you know, but it's the, the interesting questions, the different questions that make it kind of fun. So, right. And that's what I like about my, um, my interviews somewhat because they're not, organized like they're not going to be strictly like the same questions that you're most likely going to hear Mm -hmm. Uh, i try to come up with fun questions if i can Uh, most of the time i'm just looking up some questions so um and i'm mixing it up and i will be asking a lot more fun questions later on um but which musician would you like to collaborate with next do they have to be alive (laughs) we could go someone who's passed away yeah uh... and someone who is alive Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Dan Fogelberg fan and, uh, and Dan passed away. And so any, any chance that I would ever get, uh, to, to uh, work with him would be great. Mm -hmm. I'm also really a big Jackson Brown fan. Uh, Um, I love the way that he writes and I would love to sit down and, and have a discussion with him. He's one of my tops. Of course, there's Steven Stills, right? He's a legend, but, uh, yeah. And I would also like to sit down. So you asked me for, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm, I'm exceeding expectations. Or giving. Okay. I would love to sit down and just have a discussion with Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. Yes. Yeah. I think he's a great writer. And uh, I kind of think that he might be the last of the, what at least my generation would call a true rock star, uh, writes his own stuff, you know, um, 
I, yeah, I'd like to have a discussion with him for sure. Love well, it. That'd be kind of neat if you did a collaboration with him, to be honest, yeah. because it, it, um, you know, the big hit with um, Chris Stapleton and uh, oh, who was it? You know, what I'm talking about Chris Stapleton, and um, you just mentioned him. The concert. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should remember his name, but it slipped my mind for a second. But yeah, that turned out to be a really big hit. And so I think that a mix of your music and with the Foo Fighters would be an amazing collaboration. And maybe you should try to touch base with them and see if that would be possible. Oh, well, maybe you could hook me up. Well, huh? all you'd have to do is send them a message via Instagram, Twitter, or whatnot, or even have Michael do it. Yeah. Manager, see, see if he could most likely help you out with that, too. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, it could. Uh, I would love to listen to it for sure. <laughs> it, would definitely, it would definitely be fun to put together for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. love. Him. Yeah, of he's course. he's a really 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 good writer. I really appreciate what he does. So yeah, and it's yeah. not like the hard rock. It's not like super hard. It's just it's perfect. Like it's it's um I used to listen to heavy metal and stuff like that when working out and stuff. But um, it got too much after a while with the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, okay, time to cool it. <laughs> yeah, I have some friends that, uh, that you know, are into the whole metal scene. And, you know, they play and, you know, they do all that. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know, and they have a great time with it. But it's not, it's not for me. So. Right. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it for a short period. And then it just, like I said, it, it, I was like. All right, no, this isn't working for me anymore. I had my phase. I'm done. Um, but uh, yeah. all right, uh, if you could have your fans remember one thing about you, what would it be? Uh -huh. Well, I'm feeling you're going to tell me more than one, but it's okay. Well, you know, I, <laughs> fortunately, you know, I talk for a living, so you know, I, uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable. One thing I think that that. Uh, I'll use a story uh, to tell this, and it actually has to do with this uh, this tune called Changes that we just released. So um, I, I had played this at a show, and uh, I had a young couple uh, come up to me after the show, and we sat down and we had a discussion for about 30 minutes about how they had looked at the, looked into that song, they had looked at the lyrics, they had listened to it, they would studied the lyrics, and it really had an impact on their lives, right? It really gave them a chance to kind of take a step back and just say, you know, maybe I'm not the only one that goes through a struggle. Maybe I'm not the only one that fears change. Maybe I'm not the only one. And it helped them through a situation, right? And in their, in their lives and in their marriage. And if I could be remembered for anything, it was that I wrote a song that helped somebody that's important to me. Right. Okay. That's a good answer. Okay. And then, um, do you think you could get any better as a musician? And if so, how would you achieve that? <laughs> you know, so that makes me think of a, a, a story that I saw somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but uh, uh, there was a guy who was a world-class, uh, I think it was a, 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 a viola player, right? World-class, <laughs> world-renowned. But he was like 95 years old, right? And uh, 
the interviewer asking me said, you still practice four hours a day. Why at 95 with all the accolades and all the things that you've gotten over the years, why do you still practice four hours every day? And he says, I think I'm making progress. Yeah. I think that that's true. That's true. I think that you get better. Uh, you get better all the time. You know, it's, uh, you know, it, it may not be a technique thing. It just may be a feel thing, but, uh, at the end of the day, the more you play, the better you are. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then what do you feel is the best song you've ever released and why the best one of all of them that you've ever created? Okay. Well, that's a good question uh, because it depends on what you want to want to determine best. Right. So, um, you know, we had a number one song and it was a beautiful song. Uh, uh, that I'm really proud of, and it, and it meant a lot to me. And, uh, uh, you know, and it was good. Um, I've had uh, other songs in the top tens, you know. So, uh, you know, the Cry Wolf song has got, I don't even know how many, a couple hundred thousand streams, you know, in, in 18 weeks, which is not bad, you know, for an independent No, it's guy. not. <laughs> uh, you know, so it, the best song is uh is is different than that so you know success to be is different than than all that right uh the best song is the song when it it has an impact you know and and uh i think that uh the song and this is hard you know because your songs are like your kids right pick your favorite you know that's that's hard to do Uh, but i look back on a song called willow creek uh, which is a song that was written about how i discovered the, the love that I have for music and uh, where it came from and, and uh, all that. And, and uh, I, I don't know that it's maybe my best song, uh, uh, but it's certainly one of my favorite songs. And, and I like it because it really just explores where it all comes from. Cause music is a bit magical in my mind. You know, nobody really knows, you know, why you do it and how it happens to be and, you know, why you can do the things that you do. Nobody really knows, you know, they call it talent. Nobody knows where talent comes from, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think music is a bit magical and, uh, the song Willow Creek is about how I discovered music and where it all lives inside me and, and, you know, where I go when I'm starting to write and, and do all that. So I would have to say that Willow Creek and plus it's the first song I ever wrote that won like awards and stuff. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll have to listen, um, to a lot of your songs, of course. Um, like I said, I was on limited time trying to do what I do, uh, with my son cause he takes up a lot of my time after work. Yeah, I oh my goodness. He's such a ball of energy and then deal with my niece at the same time yeah. coming home. She's two. And like I said, he's a year and a half. She's going to be like three this year. So it's just, they're too much <laughs> together, but they love one another. So it's okay. Um, so now we're going to move on to the fun questions. Okay. Okay. How long would you last in a zombie apocalypse? Wow. (laughs) That's an interesting question. How long would I last in a zombie apocalypse? So, uh, I'm not the most, uh, agile person, but I think I can outrun them. Right? Because they don't move so well. So I would probably last until... I ran out of breath or passed out or something broke. So how long that is, who knows? Probably not long because I'm pretty old. So (laughs) 
So moving on to the next question, what old person things do you do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's see. I'm sitting here uh, in, in my loft. So I, I live in a loft in, in the uh, uh, city market area of Kansas City, right? And uh, because of my knee situations that I that are left over from my youth, you know, I don't like stairs. It's not something that I like. And so when I built my loft, I bought it. It's in an old, you know, on the National Register of Historic Building stuff. And we ripped it out from, from the floor all the way to the ceiling and redid the whole thing. And while we were doing that, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to stay here a while. And I'm pretty old. So one of the choices that I made was to make sure that I put it in a jacuzzi so that uh, when I go out and fiddle around, play with kids or whatever, I can get in my jacuzzi and get my old bones kind of relaxed and my old muscles kind of chilled out. So that's an old thing that I do. Okay. And then if you had a theme song, what would it be? Does it have to be one of mine? No. Oh. No, it could be any song. If like you walked into a room and it's just like, coincidentally, there was music in the background because it was your theme song, what would oh, it so, be? <laughs> yeah, so it's like your walk-up song, right? Yeah. The song, the, the song that, that is like playing in your room, right? Yes. That's, simple. That's a simple answer for me. Uh, Dan Fogelberg wrote a song called Part of the Plan, and uh, it's, it's probably my favorite song of all time uh, simply because it's, you know, the the lyric is just phenomenal but the uh the chorus says love when you can cry when you have to be who you must it's a part of the plan mm -hmm. so nobody knows what that plan is it's all vague and it's ambiguous and nobody knows right but at the end of the day if you can uh, if you can stay in touch with yourself and you know love when you can and cry when you have to right be yeah. who you must it's a part of a plan that would be my walk up song there you go. <laughs> and then um, what's one pet peeve of yours that you wish that you could get rid of because it hampers your enjoyment of life? The word moist. <laughs> I hate the word moist. I hate it with a passion. And uh, Oh, boy, I know what to put on the Instagram. It's wrong. There's nothing right about that word. It's funny when you say it. It sounds weird. I don't like the connotations that it come with. And if the word moist could just be taken out of our language, I would be one happy human. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, that's I know quite a few people who hate that word. Um, but then you have those that that's the only way to describe like certain foods and stuff like if the bread is really soggy and they're trying to be a little bit more professional that's usually the word that they would use it's it's a little too moist <laughs> yeah i had i have a friend who tends to use the word moist quite a bit and Does uh, get under your skin well to be honest with you i bought him a thesaurus and said can you just find another one Let's do away with that one. Find another word. Find a synonym. Do something. Get away from moist. So it didn't work, did it? Uh, eventually, eventually. <laughs> yeah, slow process. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. If you were given one thousand acres of land, what would you do with it? Okay, so you have to quantify the land. So, is it farmland or does it have trees? 
It's just land. I mean, it could have trees. Okay. But, so, but would you tear them down? Would no. you? Okay. No. What I would do is if I had a thousand acres of forested land, I would figure out a way to build a cabin in the middle of it with only one way in and one way out. There you go. I'd put like a waterfall, have a big, I'd probably create a, a little area and make sure it was like a pond area that you could swim in. And that way you never really have to leave. You create all the stuff necessary that, yeah, I probably would do that. Yeah, I have friends that tell me I have hermit tendencies. So, uh, you know, I, I like my space. So if you listen to the song uh, Willow Creek, it will explain this area, this place that I was, was raised on where there were all these willow trees and there was a creek running behind them. And, and uh, that's a very special place for me, and I would like to recreate that someday. Yep. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Your phone's going off? <laughs> well, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be on mute, but, you know, Siri has a mind of her own sometimes. So that's, that's okay. I was at work, and um, one of my coworkers was on the phone, and her phone goes off for no reason. But it said something along the lines of, hell isn't an option. And we were like, what? <laughs> what? What were you, what did you just say? And she goes, I, I, I don't know. Uh, and I mean, it was just hilarious. But something <laughs> did happen today um, from my boss. And what happened is he, he controls everything, okay? And, of course, because he's the boss. He's the owner, whatever. Um, <laughs> one, a person was calling in, and it was calling in to um, one of my coworkers. And he should have called the the business phone, but called her cell phone instead. Well, the... <laughs> She was out taking a smoke break, and so my boss answers her phone and goes, no, you need to call so-and-so. Uh, this isn't her phone. And he goes, you can hear him. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. It was hilarious because <laughs> then when she comes back, I was like, did you just, did, did he tell you what he just did? And she, no. And so we told her, and we were just dying laughing forever because then, the guy didn't know what to do because he was like, I thought I just called her phone. <laughs> but my boss is so intimidating. And so he thought, oh, man, I just got in trouble. Like, <laughs> it was just hilarious because my boss isn't um, – he speaks English and stuff, but I think he's, like, Pakistani. And mm -hmm. um, so it was just the seriousness in his tone. It was just like, oh, my goodness. It's very intimidating. And so it was just hilarious, and he thought he was the funniest person on the planet. <laughs> but I've never had him, or never have experienced him do something like that that was that funny. I was like, okay, he's got jokes. He, I was like, uh, don't touch my phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so what fact amazes you every time you think of it? Excuse me. So this is one of these things. So you, you talked about pet peeves earlier, right? Yes. So I, I have a thing where I would like to see people stop, just stop using the word amazing. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. what is amazing is the fact that we're sitting on a little blue planet circle in a sun sitting in the middle of a universe that we cannot even measure. And it's only one of millions of universes in an ever-expanding universe ever expanding space right to me that's amazing 
That's that's that is amazing to me. Amazing is not my new shoes, right? So, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. I, I've never thought of it like that. Okay. Um, and then last question is: Do you have any ridiculous goals in life? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you I'm can a little... add this to the weird questions. By the way, it's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. Do I have any ridiculous goals in life? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I do. So, um, you know, as I've mentioned before, you know, I've had this really long business career. And, uh, you know, the music thing, I'm kind of doing backwards, if you would. Right? You know, so music is, is really a young man's game. And, and uh, you know, I'm not so young anymore. But uh, my ridiculous goal uh, would be able to uh, retire uh, for my my business career and really just do music for a while. I think that that would be a really, really fun thing to do. And I think I would really enjoy that. So that's, that's my ridiculous goal at, at, at my age of 61, right? I would like to go and just focus and just do music for a few years. I think it'd be a hoot. It'd be a lot of fun. Right. Right. Um, so I'm going to kind of wrap this up with one question. Um, I, the last one that I just was the last of the funny ones. Okay. This question's going to wrap it, wrap it up. Uh, so what advice would you give to someone who's coming up um, as a musician or anywhere um, in any industry, not just the music industry? What advice would you give for someone trying to make it? Okay, so I've been asked this question before. So, you know, the, the standard answer is going to be love what you do and do what you love, right? Right. But you have to understand that not everything, you know, is nirvana, right? There's a lot of work. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be things that you're going to have to do uh, that you're going to get involved in that are not going to be your dream, right? But it's part of the process. You know, it's learning. You know, as you were mentioning earlier, uh, you know, your career that, that you've started with the company that you work with now, right? Okay. I'm sure that it's fun. I'm sure that you enjoy parts of it. But there are other parts of it that you just really don't like. Exactly. And, that's part of the deal. You know, you have to learn how to be good at the things that you don't like. And, um, you know, from a, a, a business standpoint, you know, it's, it's not all going to be fun and games. You know, you just, you just really have to go to work and put in the time and, and grind it out, if you would. Uh, from a musical standpoint, I think one of the things that <clears throat> is challenging uh, with some younger musicians is they learn how to imitate people. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's all good because that's a learning process, right, to understand how other musicians do things. Uh, my challenge to that would be, yes, learn how to play like Stevie Ray Vaughan or learn how to play like, like Hendrix or learn how to play, you know, like John Mayer or whoever, right? right. But imitate them. Take what, what you, you can learn from that style, from that technique, from that skill, and and mold that into what you are be you don't yeah. try to be somebody else don't try to imitate somebody else you know be your own musician uh you know be your own writer try to do things that are uh that are specific to you and uh that's uh that, that's pretty hard to do that's pretty hard to do uh, particularly in today's world where you know there's so much music out there and, and so many people you know that are, are doing the recording thing and and a lot of music out there, it's pretty easy to just become an imitator uh, instead of an innovator. Oh, excuse me, I dropped right into corporate world there for a minute. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
So, you know, I think that it's important, you know, you're given a talent, you're given an ability, you're given skills, right? Use them and, and don't, uh, don't let them go to waste trying to be somebody that, that, uh, that you're not, you know, be you, be, be comfortable with who you are and, and be comfortable with what you do and, and be who you are. You know, that's what's going to make you unique. That's what's going to make you different. That's what's going to make you successful. Yeah, my... You, you want to be able to find your voice, not just with the music, but um, with any, you know, scene. If you were going in the office, you want to have a voice to speak out an opinion. If you don't like something, your, your, that opinion of yours could change the policies in the company. It could change the way the entire... Um, work environment functions and so mm -hmm. you need to find your voice exactly so um mm. i i you know i i somewhat um am a positive motivational speaker so i i tend to try to take my experiences like anyone and uh tell people so that way they know that i'm real i'm not just going to be telling quotes and all that stuff all day long uh -huh. um but i've found my voice in a lot of uh, different areas. I'm still learning. I feel like everyone should still learn. Um, but like you said, uh, don't imitate. You want to learn from those individuals, but create your own sound. If you were to create music, um, I know it's quite hard. Like I've mentioned, it'd be really hard to come up with words and stuff that haven't already been said or expressed. But if it's coming from your heart, people will know that. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Yeah. I have a question for you. Can I can I flip it back on you a little bit here? Yeah, that's okay. fine. All right. How many letters in the alphabet? Twenty-six. How many notes in a scale? Oh boy, now you're making me think. <laughs> a B C D E F G. Yeah, yeah, up to G. Yes. Right. Every piece of music ever written is a combination of those twenty-six letters and those eight notes. Yes. And so it's, it's, it's not that you're limited by those 26 letters and those eight notes. You're, you're only limited by your creativity and how you take those pieces of the puzzle and put them together. Right. Right. So it's really just that simple. I, I, I stole that a little bit from, from uh, somebody else, but it's really, a, it's really a great statement to make. You know, every piece of music ever written. <laughs> You know, are, are those 26 letters and eight notes, right? Mm -hmm. So how you put them together. Exactly. Um, there was this uh, YouTube video for so long that these men played four notes the entire time, but played so many songs. Because mm -hmm. uh, they were like, it's not about <laughs> these notes. I mean, everyone plays from these notes and he, they just started playing like songs, I believe from like U2 and all of that from journey. And, um, it was fascinating because you ne never even think about it. They were like, they're, they just switched it up with the four notes. That's, that's all they did. And, um, so it was really creative to do it like that. And of course they did it in like a more of a comedy style, um, yeah. but uh, well, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, no. The, to quote one of the great philosophers of our time, George Carlin, the comedian, right? Uh -huh. George Carlin actually had a thing uh, that he talked about one time. And of course, it was a comedy bit, but there's so much wisdom in some of the things that he said, right? Um, he said that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that can play the notes, uh -huh. right? 
but there's very few people that need to know or that have the ability to know why the notes need to be played. And that's absolute truth. Absolute truth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that That's pretty deep. Yeah, from a comedian. Who knew, right? Who knew? <laughs> right. Because any comedian isn't deep. <laughs> you know, they need to laugh everything off. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, if, if, like I said, if you just play from your heart or if you are passionate about something, as long as you're doing it for you, that's all that should matter. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I preach about that a lot and I'm learning and I'm, I always tell my listeners that, um, that I'm going through that as well. So it's not that I'm saying I'm an expert or anything like that because I'm always learning. There's always something new. Um, I plan to travel. I plan to learn about different parts of history and stuff in person, not just from books and stuff. So, um, I don't, it, it'd just be something different. Yeah, and so I, I'm finding my voice. <laughs> uh, I think that, that life is a, is a bit like a puzzle, right? Or Carol King wrote a song one time called uh, Tapestry, right? My life is but a tapestry of rich and royal hue. It's all the experiences that you have in your life and all the people that you meet and all the people that you interface with and all the things that you see and all the things that you're able to do and the experiences that you have that come together like a great big puzzle to create who you are. I believe that. So I, I believe in having experiences. I believe in meeting new people. I believe in having discussions much like we're having tonight because I think that that's, that's really what we are and what makes us different, you know, on, on this little blue planet that we're floating around on is, is we can actually interface with other people and learn from them and have experiences with them that help us become the people that we are destined to be, to quote my own song, you know, change always teaches us to be everything we're destined to be. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that too. And, um, okay, so do you have any last words to tell our listeners? <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for uh-huh. the opportunity to have our discussion today. It was, it was great and it was fun, and, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I would just like to say that, uh, you know, for your listeners, you know, we're, we're supposed to be talking about music tonight, um, but we've talked about a lot of other things, which is way cool, way cool. Uh, but you know, if you, if you're interested and you want to go out and then find where my music and stuff is, you know, I have a website called BillAbernathy.com and on there you can find all the links into, you know, the social media stuff, all the Facebook stuff and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, all the places. Uh, our music is available everywhere. Any place that you want to go get it, you know, iTunes, Amazon, pick a, pick a spot. So, um, you know, we talked about uh, a little bit tonight, uh, the versatility that, that I try to put into the music that I make. And, and um, you know, I think that it is pretty versatile and it is pretty different. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, a lot of the stories that I tell uh, using music as the, the venue to get the, the word out uh, may actually reach out and, and help somebody or touch somebody or maybe make you laugh or make you go, hmm, I knew a guy like that, right? Mm-hmm. So do yourself a favor and, and uh, take a listen. If you like what you like, send me a little note on my on my uh, website. I appreciate hearing from folks. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, if you have an idea, shoot it to me. Right. You know, no, it may turn into a song. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't uh, rely on the memory of the listeners. I am going to be posting the links in the description of this episode, so it's easy for them to just click 
and add you and um, you know become a fan of yours as much as I am and I'm so glad to have gotten to know you um, because like I love learning about people I love learning about people's story and stuff and I, I, that's what fascinates me is the stories um, everyone's is different um, they, they might be somewhat the same but everyone's is different and I really appreciate you um, being on the show like I said I'm, I'm honored to have you and um, so I Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. The honor is all mine, by the way. So I, I really do appreciate what you do, uh, uh, you know, doing doing your, your podcast and, and getting the information out and sharing with, uh, sharing with the folks in your network. It's a big deal. You know, I'm kind of a believer in building a fan base one fan at a time. So uh, maybe if somebody uh, listens to this and, you know, they like what they hear, great. I'm excited about that. So thank right. you very much for what you do. No problem. Even if they don't want to listen to music, they take the advice that you have given and apply that to their life, to their life, and um, that would make a difference as well. So, we've talked about everything on this podcast. It seems like, <laughs> and, and that's what I love. Um, so, even if you don't listen to his music, take his advice. But I suggest doing both. So, <laughs> and that's just me. Um, I will definitely be taking your advice, and because. Uh, you know, pursuing my, my dreams, my goals and, um, making my life better for yeah. not only me, but for my son. So like I said, I appreciate having you and I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. That's my plan. So one, one last little statement to make, I have this little mantra that I use for my music. So when you, when you listen to one of the songs, I always like to tell people, if you hear a song that sounds like it was written about you, it may have been. <laughs> that would be kind of fascinating. That would it? There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, and have a great evening yourself. Oh, thank you. Right. Kiss that little boy and make sure he has sweet dreams tonight. Oh, I definitely will. I'll actually just kiss him in the morning. He's out <laughs> cold now. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that you um, also would want to be part of another podcast eventually uh there might be more people and uh participate so um, but i definitely will connect with you yeah you just let me know I'll, i'd love to have another conversation with you anytime you'd like oh i appreciate it all right enjoy the rest of your evening have a good night all right night bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.